It's at 61% right now, my input. Yeah, just drag it down to like 50. Does this sound good? Yeah, it sounds like 9% quieter, so. Cool. That was my nickname in high school. (laughs) (laughs) This has been an episode of Tentative. (laughs) Show notes at (laughs) tentative.fm. Hi. Hi. Oh my God, Kyle. It's been so long since we've chatted one-on-one. It has. How are you doing? Good. I need to stop buying bananas. I just buy them now to make muffins. So I should stop doing that. (laughs) But then again, winter's almost done. So maybe my brain will change in like two weeks. (laughs) I mean, banana nut muffins are delicious. So They are, but I don't need like more vehicles for sugar you know take the sugar out i do so just eat the banana plain is what we're saying (laughs) no No, just add flour and whatever else it's fine this is fine (laughs) there's a lot of sugar Um, in fruit you're not avoiding sugar by eating a banana i know but i'm definitely not helping by adding like a cup of sugar to it yeah that's my update i've been baking a lot and working a lot I am curious, though, about, I know you've been on a bunch of projects that have been short, more validation-wise, and I was just kind of curious if after you've been doing a lot of them, especially now since we have our new structure at ThoughtBot in terms of breaking up our studios across different business units instead of across different locations, which is pretty cool, and you're in Ignite, which is rapid validation of ideas. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I mean, you've been in a few of them right now i mean are you becoming calloused um in terms of (laughs) knowing exactly like the levers to pull as you keep doing these these sorts of engagements i haven't been on a project for more than four weeks in the last Mm -hmm. few years so i think i've been calloused on like how to approach (laughs) these projects i think over time i just feel more comfortable knowing it's not all on my shoulders and that that took like years Mm -hmm. to like absorb sometimes i think like the design sprint process is like this very weird thing to ask people to do. Yeah, it is. And it is very much a like emotional roller coaster in that like even for, for me as a facilitator and then for the client who's like emotionally invested in the product that they're building, mm-hmm. I can now predict when we go into a design sprint, I usually tell the stakeholder, the main stakeholder, like what kind of emotions they're going to feel during the design sprint. It's like, okay, after the first day, it's going to be feel good to get everything out on the paper. We're all going to be like really mentally exhausted because we're all going to be learning and questioning and thinking. And then Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the second day, you're going to be really excited. And at the end of the second day, you're going to be like, what are we doing here? And lost and confused it's fun to like call those things out. And like at the end of the second day, they're like, you were right. I was like, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I always find too, there's like, sometimes there's like the usual feeling of antsiness or frustration after day one, because we, because we just did a lot of talking and it's kind of, when do we get to, you know, I've heard so many ideas. Like when are we going to actually, write them down or like, (laughs) or try them out. You know, that's, it's funny. It's interesting how that comes up too after day, after the first day of a sprint. Mm -hmm. And then like the answer is always, well, you're just, just, you wait tomorrow. (laughs) We're going to be doing all of that, which is like such a satisfying 
answer, you know, to give someone of mm-hmm. like, it's coming up tomorrow and you're going to cry after that. <laughs> you're going to feel very tired. Yeah. You might want to not have asked me that question. <laughs> no, that's always, that's always a good, mm-hmm. a good day. But, you know, now that we've been doing them for a year remote, it's even weirder to ask someone to do a design sprint because we're not in a room together anymore. Right. How has that transition been this, this whole year? There's a lot of it that I really, really like because of being remote. It's forced me to probably make better use of everyone's time and get more input from everyone. Like a good example is during like the final storyboard during our day of decide or converge, whoever language you want to use. Drawing that up would usually be like me at the whiteboard drawing things up and asking questions. And now it's a lot easier to make that a more collaborative process and more like stepped process because I can like say, okay, now we're all going to be heads down and we're going to think through like, what are the steps in the prototype? And everyone creates their own steps. And we then like look at all of them and converge onto one. And once we have the steps out, being like, okay, independently, let's all write down what needs to be on these these screens or what what needs to be mm. in these flows. And so independently, like we'll all start to like map out what needs to be on those screens. And it's it's amazing how well like the first time I tried that, I was like, this is an experiment. It might blow up in our faces. And the people in the sprint were willing to like ride that with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's amazing. Maybe it's our our clients are really good or like I don't know, but like watching people do that has been really, really amazing because it's been more collaborative in my sense, instead of like me taking direction and drawing on the whiteboard, it's everyone like at the same time on the whiteboard, which like couldn't physically happen Yeah, (laughs) because we'd be like bumping into each other. But everyone's doing it separately and then you come together. Yeah. How do you share everyone's prototype flow and then converge on that? That sounds like a lot. It happens pretty naturally. So like one way, if there are a lot of people, a lot of voices having like dot votes, sometimes what Mm -hmm. I'll do is I'll just stack all of the different flows on top of each other and say like, okay, these are all the same. Let's delete these and start to like find the similarities and differences between the two. And really where, where the conversation happens is in those differences. And that's probably like the most value too. It was where, where people came up with different either stages or different ideas. And we can sort of like quickly move through the similarities, like the similar cool. steps, and then like identify, okay, this, this stage was different. Do we need it? Do we not need it? Is it actively solving the problem that we're trying to solve? Or is it like an additional thing that we can throw away right now? Nice. Well, it sounds like it's working out really well. Yeah. And, and that's been for both like the final storyboard and for the, the mapping process. I've been using a process called note and map, which is, is a very similar overview of like, what is the user journey from point A to point B and seeing like the similarities that come up, which, which again are, are really easy to like find and point out and like throw away all of the duplicates and then point out like the differences. Nice. I gotta try that sometime. 
Yeah. It also involves a lot less talking from my point. And it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like, I don't know why, but in the, the setup, I feel like I'm talking at people now as opposed to with people. It's like yeah. yelling at my screen over and over again. Like, oh, I'm going to draw this box here. It represents this headline or whatever. It felt awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't tried the everyone makes their own flow and then you just kind of converge that way it sounds really nice especially with dot voting it sounds like that'd be way easier yeah one thing that i've learned is to let everyone know that they should keep as much as possible try and keep their video on but that we're going to be silent for most of it which is sort of weird but also sort of not like as as a facilitator it's really important for me to see everyone to make sure that i'm engaging them remotely which i feel like is the biggest challenge right like the biggest drawback, mm-hmm. like when I, everyone's in the room and I can say, okay, you need to put your computer and cell phone in this basket. It's going to be over here. And if you want to use them, you have to leave the room. It's a lot easier for me to like do that when we're all physically and, and know like, oh, I can see Jacqueline's not paying attention to me. I must be boring her <laughs> kind of thing. Sure. And one more question about the different storyboards. How long do you do? Like how much time do you put on the clock for individual storyboarding? I might be mean because I like to give the, as short a time as possible. So like between 10 to 15 minutes. Okay, that's good. And then like the final storyboard will be much longer. But again, like give people some time. Sort of like trying to break up the day into these more heads down, but I get like quiet time versus talking time. Because I think talking time is what's the most exhausting mm-hmm. in a virtual meeting. Mm. Maybe this is just my my standpoint, but it feels less exhausting if I'm not having to talk through every single one of my ideas. Yeah. Like I find dot voting so much more important and I've been more mean in throwing away ideas that might get like cut off the ideas at like the top two. It's so hard in a group setting to have the video call because you can't just nod along like in a room and build consensus or be like, yeah, me too. Like you just one person can talk at a time. So (laughs) that's so frustrating. (laughs) Even if you like jump in and you're like, yeah. And they're like, sorry, what? Like, no, no, sorry. I was just agreeing with you. I I don't mean to. Oh God. (laughs) Then like the whole thing is like interrupted, you know? Oh no, you go ahead. Oh, you go. No, you you go. Just like, okay. (laughs) It's like, whatever. Well, it's going to be a year. In a couple months. A couple weeks. A couple weeks. Yeah. And then, so we've we've decided to change ThoughtBot a little bit. So now we are fully remote. Work from anywhere is what we call it. Which means that dividing studios by location doesn't make sense anymore. So instead of dividing studios by location, we're dividing studios by business units. So by types of work that we do. Mm-hmm. So those mm-hmm. sort of stages of a product or business so Ignite is the start of the business, mm-hmm. which is what you're on. We're focusing on like product discovery and initial product strategy. And then Liftoff is sort of that middle funny stage. Maybe you like call it V1 to V2. And then Boost is those, those projects, those ongoing products that have found business success. So I'm on Boost, which is, yes, longer term projects. Teams that are more established. So the types of work that we do are 
hopping in and helping, you know, mentor teams as well as helping things like performance optimization of code bases, building new features into an existing feature set. And design wise, you know, that's your design systems work, design audits, helping reduce design debt, things like that. The project I'm on right now, we're just we're in our grooming phase of our backlog. So we let a couple of sessions slide. So now we're paying for that by spending some more time on it, eh, which happens. But yeah. in terms of our changes for the company, we're also working on just designer roles and like career progression. The original PR that you had was for like Ignite designers. And then after yeah. a while, after we, we were starting to make these for our different business units, we're just like, this is the same thing. Let's just keep them <laughs> the same. <laughs> yeah. You know? Which is great. It's a great way to keep the company unified in terms of like career trajectory as well. So that's really nice. This has been stuff that I've been sort of noodling on for a very long time. I come from a place of privilege, but I, I don't care so much of titles. And so I think that's probably hampered the design team. So it's been something that I've been thinking about for a very long time, sort of basing it off of the skill evaluation that we've, I think we've talked about a lot on this podcast mm -hmm. and rewarding people who have concretely leveled up on their skills. So, so far we've only used that skill evaluation for ourselves. So it's been a self evaluation to sort of identify where we're at uh, in certain skill sets for the designer role and uh, identify where we'd like to grow. And so in terms of that, it's been skill growth and sort of wanted to marry that skill growth with title growth. And so now we've changed, or at least the pull request in process. So any of this can change and probably will, but changing the apprentice title apprentice designer to associate designer, which is a title that's a little more prevalent in the industry and has less connotation. Then we have product designer above that senior designer and principal product designer. And then our team on Ignite is big enough where we felt we like we needed a design team lead. And we've previously had a design director. So the idea through all of this is that people will be able to progress both skill and be rewarded in that skill with career progression as well, recognized for their, their work and that growth. Yep, that's nicely put. Nice job, Kyle. <laughs> and the idea too is like that this would eventually like bleed into our management roles. So, you know, within design and development, there's a lot of conversation around progressing as an individual contributor versus a manager. And I really want to, if we're going to go down this route of titles and career progression, which I'll say it's probably a good idea, even though I'm, I have reservations about it because of whatever feelings I have about titles. I want to make sure that we're making it concrete for both individual contributors and managers so that people who don't want to manage people have a trajectory and people who do want to manage people have a trajectory. And so I think there's still a lot of potential work to be done on probably both sides of the coin. Mm -hmm. um, but I think this is a good first step. I think so too. I'm really excited about it. It's been a good, I mean, definitely a year of change for sure, <laughs> but this is nice, a nice way to start this new year. 
Mm-hmm. It's all good stuff. I'm really excited. Mm-hmm. It's been cool to be able to focus on on specific clients and specific ways to find new business and et cetera, and talk about what we do in a more focused way and streamline things. It's really great. Yeah. One very important part of that is that when we went through the different levels, I I wanted to make sure that inclusivity and we we talked a lot about cross-cultural design a few episodes Mm -hmm. ago, Mm -hmm. make sure that inclusivity, cross-cultural design and diversity are all represented in each one of those skill sets as well. One of the designers aptly said that there's still some work to be done on, on defining what all of that is, but I think it's a good first step. Yeah, same. Well, it's really nice to catch up with you. Mm-hmm. You can find the show note at tentative.fm. You can email us at hosts at tentative.fm. You can tweet at us at tentative.fm. And you can rate us on iTunes. It's five stars. this podcast was brought to you by thoughtbot thoughtbot is your expert design and development partner let's make your product and team a success